What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the T. Clark Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and today we're continuing the ultimate guide to fat loss part. Honestly, I forgot what part it was before I started recording this intro, so I apologize about that. But the topic of today's um, installment of the ultimate guide to fat loss is making sure that you're tracking your macros correctly. So last time, I taught you how to set up your macros. Typically, the next progression in this sort of like pyramid type thing would be micronutrients. But before we get to micros and vitamins and minerals and all that super, super important stuff, I think it's important to make sure that you're actually tracking your macros correctly. Because if you think you're eating 200 grams of protein, 300 grams of carbs, and 100 grams of fat, but in reality, you're not eating anywhere close to that because you didn't track it correctly, it doesn't matter. So... Um, before we get into that, I have a couple of announcements to make. As always, if you enjoy today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you went ahead and shared it with a friend, family, coworker, teammate, anyone who you think this episode would benefit. If you know anyone who's just starting tracking macros or trying to get, get lean for the summer, build some muscle, and needs a little bit of help getting going in the right direction, definitely share this podcast episode with them. It would help them a ton. And as always, the goal for this podcast is to help as many people as we can. And uh, it's one of the best ways for us to grow on iTunes as well. And another way you could help the podcast grow and to help me help as many people as possible um, is to post this podcast on your Instagram stories. So, so take a screenshot, just post it on your story, tag me in it, and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. So that way I can get to know you. The podcast gets out there, more people are exposed to it, and it's just a win-win situation for everyone. So as always, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to tune in and to listen. I hope this episode provided a lot of value for you. And without further ado, let's get into the ultimate guide to fat loss, making sure you're tracking your macros correctly. All right. So like I said in the intro, the topic of today's installment of the podcast and of the ultimate guide to fat loss is making sure that you're tracking your macros correctly. So usually, like I said, the next progression in like the sort of pyramid and when it comes to nutrition and fat loss is micronutrients. But before we can get to that, I really thought it would be important to take an episode to make sure that we're actually tracking your macros correctly. Because it doesn't matter what your prescription is, if you're not actually hitting those macros, and you're eating way more than you thought you were, you might not actually be in a calorie deficit, you might actually accidentally be putting yourself back up to maintenance or even into a surplus. So I want to take today's episode, just make sure that you're tracking correctly, and we're avoiding as many of those silly mistakes as we possibly can. So first things first, when it comes to tracking your food and using MyFitnessPal, I would highly recommend getting a digital food scale. A lot of people use measuring cups and tablespoons and all that stuff, but the reality is using uh, weight to measure your food instead of using volume like cups and tablespoons and things like that is going to be a lot more accurate because when you look at it, there can be a lot of error when you're using those measuring cups and when you're eyeballing portion sizes or using a tablespoon classic example of this is peanut butter everyone's favorite measure out a tablespoon of peanut butter using one of those tablespoons and i guarantee almost guarantee of course there's there's always the exceptions to the rule but i can almost guarantee that you're probably getting more than one tablespoon out of the peanut butter jar if you're using just this tablespoon to measure it out not weighing it because there's room for error um, you can pack it in really hard same with the, the cups too so you can pack a cup of rice in really really hard or you can not even get a full cup. Just because, just because you use the scooper that says one cup doesn't inherently mean that you're actually getting one cup of rice. Whereas if you use the scale to measure it out, to weigh it out, there's no room for error there. 
32 grams is always 32 grams. There's no room for debate there. There's no room for error. And when it comes to accuracy and making sure you're actually on point with your calories, with your macros, weighing your food, it's second to none. Whenever you can, I recommend that you weigh your food out. Obviously, don't be that dude or that girl that brings their scale to the restaurant or to the family dinner. Unless you're prepping for a bodybuilding show, it's really not necessary to see those long-term results. Um, but when you're at home, when you're meal prepping, when you're prepping your lunch for work, your dinner for your kid, with your kids and stuff like that, use the scale. So that way you can make sure that you're staying on track. Um, like I said, you don't have to take it everywhere. It's not something you have to be bound by. But taking those extra like two to three seconds to weigh out your food is going to go such a long way. And now if you can get away with using, using measuring cups from the start, just because you're so new to it and you have a lot of room to improve, cool. I guess you could do that, but why not get it dialed in right off the bat? Because eventually with the measuring cups and tablespoons, you're probably going to run into a plateau and a really easy, simple fix for that would be to switch to, um, switch to weighing your food out and suddenly, oh wow, that portion size looks a lot smaller than it did before. Oh wow, that's what one tablespoon of peanut butter looks like. So just something to think about, I would highly recommend investing in a digital food scale and weighing your food. You can get a scale for like 10 bucks on Amazon, nothing crazy. And then another uh, area where I see people mess up quite a bit is measuring or not measuring your cooking oils. The reality is cooking oil doesn't just straight up disappear when you cook it. I wish it did, but it doesn't work like that. You're still getting some of that oil that you use to uh, put it in the pan or the baking dish. Um, you're still getting some of that oil when you eat the meat or whatever you cooked or the veggies that you roasted or whatever. You're still getting some of that oil. Now, how much of that you're getting, we don't actually know, but we got to be on the safe side and actually track it just to make sure because especially in the context of fat loss and being in a calorie deficit, I would rather you overestimate how many calories you're actually taking in than underestimate it and leave calories that are unaccounted for because Remember, we want you to be in a calorie deficit. So if you overestimate, like I ate this many calories, but oh, I actually ate a little bit less than that, that's fine because you're still in a deficit. But if you underestimate and you're like, oh, okay, I ate 2,000 calories, but in reality, you didn't measure your oil correctly and you ended up eating 2,200. Now you might not actually be in a calorie deficit and you might not actually be losing fat. So would highly recommend that you measure your cooking oils. And I often get the question, like, what if I use one tablespoon to, me- to cook like four servings of ground turkey? So let's use one tablespoon to cook four servings of ground turkey, which is typically like roughly what you're going to get in one packet. What you do when you have that one serving of ground turkey is just divide the tablespoon by four and enter in 0.25 tablespoons when you eat that um, one serving of ground turkey. Now, is it going to be extremely accurate? Maybe not as accurate as possible, but well, yeah, it is, it is as accurate as you can, as you can possibly get it. It's not technically as accurate as possible, but as accurate as you can possibly get it to be. Now, it might be a little bit less than 0.25, might be a little bit more than 0.25, but if you use that for each of the servings and you use that measurement, it's going to even out over time. So hopefully that makes sense. Let me know if you have any questions about that. Just shoot me a DM on Instagram. Always happy to help you guys out. So um, hopefully that made sense. So just make sure to measure your cooking oils. That can be a lot, up to hundreds of extra calories that you're not accounting for. And hundreds of extra calories is more than enough to take you from a calorie deficit and put you into a calorie surplus. So if your goal is fat loss, you definitely want to be measuring your cooking oils whenever you can. All right. And then next on the list is to enter your food incorrectly. And what I mean by this is um, 
making sure you know when to enter in your food as raw or enter it in as cooked. Because the reality is cooking foods changes the caloric load of the food. Typically, cooking your food is going to increase how many calories your body's actually going to be able to absorb from it. So for example, one, uh, four ounces of ground or four ounces of um, chicken breast is 120 calories, whereas four ounces of grilled chicken breast, I think that's a grilled or raw last time. Let me go back for a second. Four ounces of raw chicken breast is 120 calories. Four ounces of grilled chicken breast is 180. That's a 60 calorie difference right there. Now, that happening one time isn't going to make or break anything most likely. But let's say you have that same chicken breast two or three times during the day. And this applies for any other meat or, um, or any other food, really. But let's say you have the same chicken breast like three times in a day. That's 180 extra calories that you're not accounting for. Again, just like with the cooking oil, that 180 extra calories can definitely be enough to at least put you back up to maintenance in a lot of cases or even put you into a slight surplus. So just make sure you enter in your food the same way that you weigh it out. And you don't have to enter it in raw. You don't have to enter it in cooked. Either way is fine. Just make sure it matches up. So if you weigh the chicken out raw before you cook it, enter it in as raw. If you weigh it after you grill it, look up grilled chicken breast on my fitness pal and use that entry instead. So that way, because the thing is the generic entry. So even if, even if it doesn't say raw chicken breast, if it just says chicken breast, that's assuming that it's raw. So if you weigh it after you already cooked it, then what you want to do is look up um, cooked chicken breast. Or if you want to get some bonus points, you could even look up the way that you cooked it. So if you grilled it, look up grilled chicken breast and use that entry instead. And when you do this, oftentimes, because when you scan the barcode on these meats especially, it's going to bring up the raw version typically. The generic entry is usually raw, like we talked about. So when you look it up... um, just make sure that you use a verified entry, the one with the little green check mark, and that's one of my later points, actually, but um, I'll just cover that right now. So you want to use a verified entry, so that's going to be a food entry with the little green check mark next to it. It's kind of like the same thing as uh, on Instagram and uh, Twitter, the little blue check marks. the same thing for my fitness pal. That just means it's verified by, uh, by my fitness pal, because anyone can enter anything in as a food on my fitness pal, and it immediately goes into the database. So someone can enter in something that's completely wrong in terms of macronutrient composition. So you just want to make sure that you get something that you're entering in something that's verified by my fitness pal, by the database. So you make sure you're getting the right macros in. So that way you don't accidentally enter in a chicken breast that has like five grams of protein and 50 grams of carbs. Cause we know that's definitely not the case. So uh, on to the next thing, hopefully that made sense. And um, as far as, actually putting that into practice, it'll take a little bit of getting used to. There might be sometimes like, oh shoot, I measured that out wrong. Or, oh shoot, I entered, I entered that in wrong. It's okay. Those things are going to happen. The thing is just learn from them and make sure it doesn't happen repeatedly because that's when we see the issues. If it happens once, it's not a make or break thing, but if it's happening every single day, multiple times per day, that's when those issues start to add up and suddenly you're not in a calorie deficit anymore. And the next tip is that liquids count. Water, of course, doesn't have calories, so you don't, you don't have to worry about that. We still want to be tracking your water intake just so we make sure you're drinking enough. Um, and that's a different podcast for a different day. I believe it's a podcast episode out from a month or two ago on hydration, so just go listen to that if you have any questions about water intake. But it's very, very important for fat loss as well. Um, but on the topic of this podcast, liquids do count. 
So your venti frappuccino that you got at Starbucks, that has about like 700 calories in it. So you definitely want to count that if you're going down that road. Now, would I recommend that? No, but that's a topic for the food quality day, which is next week. Um, But if you do have that, you want to enter it in. Same thing with an iced tea that's sweetened with sugar. If it has 100 calories, enter it in as 100 calories. Liquids do count, and alcohol does count as well. Um, that could be a whole other podcast episode, so I'm not even going to go too deep into that, but just be aware that it does have calories. Creamer for your coffee does have calories. You do want to track that. Um, let me see. What's a really what's another really common one? I feel like I'm missing something, but I think creamer is the one that's like, oh, shoot, I forgot about that. And yeah, that's like 60 plus calories right there. So um, I know it can seem a little bit meticulous, like, oh, there's so many things to remember, but I promise you, you give this like two or three weeks, you actually trying and giving your best effort to get this down, you'll get it down. It's not that difficult. It sounds like a lot of stuff. Like, I have to track my creamer for my coffee. Like, what the hell? This is so obsessive. I promise you, it's just second nature. Because the thing is, once you enter it in once, it's in your database, and you can just go and type in the first letter, and oh, there it is, enter it in, easy as that. It doesn't actually take that much effort and it can save you a lot of frustration down the line when it comes to your fat loss progress and avoiding plateaus. But liquids do count. So sodas, Starbucks drinks, um, anything that has calories in it, you must log, whether it's liquid, whether it's solid. Um, so that should be fairly straightforward. Just make sure you don't make that mistake. And another tip I would want to give is just to eat as many home cooked meals as possible. Because the reality is, even if a restaurant has their macros on uh, on my fitness pal like Chipotle, I 100% guarantee you that the serving of uh, wok is not like one ounce or whatever it is on, on my fitness pal. They give you way more than that. So if you're logging in, oh, I had one ounce of guacamole or two ounces of guacamole, in, real- in reality, they're giving you like six. Those calories don't just disappear because you didn't log them into my fitness style. Your body still is eating food and digesting the food and getting the calories. So you want to make sure to account for that. And that's why I typically recommend that you cook the vast majority of your own food. And the thing is, that doesn't mean you have to be boring with it. Again, the meal prep topic could be a whole other episode. But when I say cook your own food, I don't mean the chicken, rice, and broccoli every single meal. That doesn't have to be the case. But I would recommend that you're in control of the vast majority of what goes into your mouth, especially if the goal is fat loss and you have a timeline in mind. Like I know summer's pretty much here essentially. So um, if you're just starting your fat loss, then you're probably a little late to the party if you're trying to get lean for summer. But let's say you're starting right now, you want to get lean for something in a couple of months. If you have that timeline, then you definitely want to just not leave anything on the table. And cooking the majority of your own food is going to be a great way to make sure that the macros are on point and keeping it to a majority of whole food sources, because even packaged foods like frozen meals or or protein bars or things like that, that have the calories and macros listed on the food label, that food label can be off by as much as 25%. So something that says, Oh, 200 calories, it can be as low as 150 or as high as 250. You don't know. You have no idea. So if you're relying on those foods on a consistent basis, so packaged foods and eating out quite a bit, if you're relying on all those different sources, you might technically be hitting your macros based on what's entered in on my fitness file, but you're probably not actually hitting your macros. So if you wonder, why am I not seeing the fat loss progress I thought I would see? What's going on in my macros? I'm in a deficit. No, you're not. By definition, if you are in a deficit, 
you'll be losing fat, you'll be losing weight. Of course, there are plateaus here and there. It's not a linear process, but by definition, over a couple weeks, a couple months, you will be losing weight if you're in a deficit. If you're not, it's because you're not in a deficit. And there could be a whole rabbit hole of causes as to why that might be. But very simple and easy to fix is just making sure um, that you're tracking correctly. And a great way to do that is just to cook your own meals because you have full control over what ingredients go in there and the amount of each ingredient that goes in there. So that's a really just easy one. Um, And like I said, it doesn't mean that you can't go out to eat. And um, that actually leads me into the next topic, which is, when you do go out to eat, because your nutrition plan will allow for that. It's not the strict meal plan where you can only eat chicken, rice, and broccoli or ground beef, rice, and carrots like every fucking day. Like you'll get bored of that in two weeks. You'll be off of that in two weeks. You're not going to stick to it. So there is room for eating out. Of course, not every day if you really want to be optimizing your, your fat loss. Now, if you want to eat out every day and you're fine with slower progress, cool. But if you want to eat out every day and you're expecting amazing fat loss results right off the bat, probably not going to enjoy your results. So um, with that being said, like I said, there's room for flexibility. That's why I'm such a big component of flexible dieting and tracking macros because it does allow you to still have some freedom and go eat out and enjoy social events and things like that. The biggest thing with that is to still attempt to track. Um, Still attempt to track on a regular basis when you do go eat out. So you can use hand-sized portions. I'll do another episode on that in a bit. That that could be a whole episode in and of itself. But um, you could use hand-sized portions. You could look the menu up on MyFitnessPal. If you're lucky, that'll be the case where you can just enter it in on MyFitnessPal. Or uh, you could eyeball portion sizes, especially as you get used to tracking macros and seeing what four ounces of chicken looks like, seeing what a cup of rice looks like. You'll be in a position where you can actually estimate that and still be in the ballpark range. Will it be 100% accurate? No, it's not going to be. But at least you're in the range. At least you didn't say fuck it and just like go eat whatever you wanted. Um, I say whatever you want. I mean, like whatever you want in the sense of like just completely going overboard. You can have whatever the hell you want as long as you fit into your macros. Um, within reason, of course. I'm like tripping over my words right here. Being careful not to say something that could be interpreted in the wrong way. Um, but you know what I mean. You just got to be sure to at least get into the ballpark range, whether you're using hand-sized portions, whether you're looking at the menu on MyFitnessPal, whether you're just estimating based on your current knowledge since you've been tracking. If you're first starting tracking, you're probably going to want to use at least uh, like hand-sized portions. Um, but yeah, just when you do go eat out, don't worry about it. Just make sure to at least try to track. And now there's some cases where you don't want to track and don't even think about it. But if your goal right now, we're, we're talking Right now, in the present, if your goal is optimizing your fat loss, you do want to make sure that you're at least tracking and getting in the ballpark range. All right, and the last tip, it's not really a mistake, but I think it's just a really easy tip that I think most people would benefit from uh, in terms of my fitness talent. Just use the barcode scanner. It'll save you so much time. Most things, even like whole foods, like uh, like chicken breast or ground beef or things like that, you can you can scan it with the barcode scanner, and it'll it'll come up. Um, and that way you can make sure you're as accurate as possible. And this saves a ton of time versus having to type it out and look through the database and find something that looks like it matches and, and all that stuff. Just go ahead and scan it. Um, now, with that being said, make sure that you look at the macros um, of the thing that you scanned. You look at the name of the thing that you scanned and what pops up on my fitness file because sometimes it'll not match up correctly and you'll scan like a piece of steak and it'll come up as like ice cream or some shit. 
So just be aware of that. Um, and yeah, the barcode scanner is just a great time saver. Whew. That was a lot of information, a lot of tips. I know it's a lot to digest. And now that I am dropping three podcasts a week, I think it's still two a week this week is Sunday. I was kind of regrouping after being out of town, had a final exam. So going forward, it's going to be three days a week. I apologize for the mistake on Monday, but hopefully you guys understand. Um, But my point was, now that I'm not dropping an episode every day, you can go back and listen to this one over again if you want to go listen a little bit deeper and if you kind of miss something. Because I know it was a lot of information covered in a short amount of time. And I feel like this was one of those episodes where I was talking really, really fast for whatever reason. Like sometimes I talk pretty slow. Sometimes I talk like I'm on speed. Really just depends. And I felt like that was one of those uh, episodes today. So it can be a good thing. It can be a not so good thing. But at this point, I'm just rambling. So um, as always, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. Um, I really am enjoying this ultimate guide to fat loss series. I think it's helping a ton of you guys and I've been getting some great feedback on it so far. So next week we're going to talk about micronutrients and food quality, which is a very, very important component of, um, of your fat loss progress, no matter what the, if, if it, if it fits your macros the crowd wants to tell you, um, food quality does matter. And we're going to get into why that is next week. But if you have any questions about anything that we covered, because like I said, I know it's a lot of info. If you have any questions about it at all, just go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram. Let me know. And as always, like I said in the beginning of the episode, if you could just share this with one person that you think it would benefit, that would mean the world to me. Because um, as always, trying to go to the podcast, trying to impact more people, help more people. So um, if you could play a small part in that, I would really appreciate that. And as always, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to tune in. And I will talk to you on Friday for our next guest episode.